Hi, everyone. Stephanie here. We're taking the Labor Day weekend off, so we're offering a repeat of one of our most popular past episodes on exploring the mistake of being seduced by the published page. But we'll be back in two weeks with the first of a series of episodes exploring ways to maintain writing productivity during the school year. In the meantime, a number of you have written to ask if I do workshops, and yes, I do indeed. In fact, I'm now scheduling remote workshops for faculty and other writing groups through the end of the year. I'm also available to advise schools and departments on ways they can better support their faculty writers. If you'd like to learn more about my workshops, advising, and other group support, you can visit my consulting page, stephaniedunson.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-D-U-N-S-O-N.com. I'd be happy to put a program together for your group. For now, have a wonderful Labor Day and enjoy the show. Oh, and my apologies for the sound quality. Back then, I still wasn't quite sure how my microphone worked. Hi, and welcome to 100 Mistakes Academic Writers Make and How to Fix Them, a podcast for academics and other writers who need to get work done. I'm Stephanie Dunson, PhD, a writing coach and consultant with over 20 years of experience working with faculty at some of the nation's top colleges and universities. My aim in making this podcast is to help you name your challenges and make adjustments that will allow you to develop a sustainable and meaningful writing routine. In each episode, I'll focus on one of what I've observed to be the 100 most common writing challenges faculty members face. Then I'll offer proven fixes that you can adapt to your particular writing routine. Although some of the challenges are unique to academics, most will be familiar to writers of all stripes. Alrighty then, let's get started. Mistake number two, being seduced by the finished page. Hey, I get it. It only makes sense to be inspired by what you read and to aspire to that level of clarity and impact in your own writing. But it can be disastrous to measure what you produce over the span of your writing process against a standard of the seamless product that is published writing. In short, to be seduced by the finished page. Now, if you're someone who has truly accepted the value and constructive valence of what writing maven Anne Lamott calls the shitty first draft, good for you. You can stop listening and go back to the beautiful mess of making meaning on the page. But if you're someone who cringes at the thought of writing a garbled sentence, who assumes that you're a bad writer if you're not always generating your best writing, who's locked into silence because of misplaced perfectionism, stay tuned. At any one time, I can't attest to how many of you are actually writing. But what I can say with certainty is that all of you are almost always reading. And generally, what you read looks really good. Completed articles, published books, finished reports, pristine print delivered on crisp white paper. In fact, what we read is so clean, clear, disciplined, and linear that it's easy to forget that in order to reach that finished product, there was likely a very messy process behind every page. Intellectually, most of us appreciate that writing is a process, but emotionally, we can still carry the expectation that our early stage writing should be more lucid than we have a right to expect. 
You might resist writing down a thought because you can't get the wording right and then cross out passages that you can't articulate clearly. Or maybe you let the messy writing fall onto the page, but then you feel bad about how wrong it seems. It's just another sign that you're a bad writer, right? And obviously, all the other scholars are out there having no problem getting their ideas onto the page effectively. You know it's true because you've read their writing. But no, what you've actually read is only the end product of their efforts. Imagine the page that I'm reading from right now, the shape of the paragraphs, the words on the page. It's neat and structured and, unless I flatter myself, it's persuasively expressing my ideas in a logical fashion. If you haven't been disabused of the idea, you might also imagine that I naturally generated it this way. But let me assure you that I didn't. In fact, very little of what I'm reading started out in any linear order. This bit that I'm currently reading is something that came to me well after I wrote most of this section. Some passages had big gaps in them, the spelling was wrong, the sentences were poorly constructed or flat out made no sense. Oh, and to top it off, I had to re-record what I thought was the final take of this section when I realized that you could faintly hear one of my dogs snoring in the background. There's a bunch of stuff I wrote for the end of the script, some of it perfectly good, that I threw out because in later drafts I recognized that the content no longer matched the theme. But the fact that I threw it out doesn't mean it was garbage, quite the opposite. A lot of the so-called mess was instrumental to me figuring out what I wanted to say in this episode. I needed to write it out wrong before I could make it right. Would it have been nice if I could have just jotted this down in one simple sitting? Would I have preferred it if I could have nailed the script without doing multiple drafts? Were there times when I got frustrated at my inability to just get what was in my head on the page already? Yes, absolutely, of course. But though that's what I would have preferred, that was not what I expected, and neither should you. I've learned to appreciate that in order to get the finished product I ultimately want to present, I have to allow for and respect the messiness of the process. Expecting it, accepting it, even embracing it can change your relationship with writing considerably and for the better. But that can be easier said than done. That is, even if you know that it's naive to expect a writing project to take a linear path from the first keystroke to the last, it's hard to modulate our expectations, even in the earlier stages of generating scholarship. We so readily lose sight of the fact that the things we read aren't written in the way they ultimately appear because we don't see the mess, the confusion, the mistakes, and the missteps that are common to everyone's writing process. So what's the fix? To start, let's look at the writing process this way. Imagine that you've been invited to a garden party. You arrive at 8 o'clock as explicitly spelled out on the invitation. The door opens and you're welcomed by your beautifully attired hostess. Her home is spotless and masterfully laid out. The appetizers are sumptuously displayed, perfectly cooked, and delicious. You wander out into the yard to see every flower bed in perfect order, each flower and plant perfectly pruned. The deck chairs are thoughtfully arranged for guests to lounge comfortably as the ideal selection of cocktail music plays in the background. The evening goes off like a charm, and you and your fellow guests depart impressed with the hostess and delighted with the evening's company. What you didn't see when you arrived 
was what your hostess looked like when she dragged herself unwillingly out of bed at 7 a.m. to start early party preparations. You also didn't see her sweaty and in filthy jeans weeding the garden that morning or speckled with paint touching up a few ratty-looking pieces of lawn furniture at noon. You didn't see her in a batter-spattered apron in mid-afternoon, spouting expletives as she pulled a scorched tray of crab cake bites out of the oven. And you most definitely didn't see her at 7.42, dusting and vacuuming still in her slippers, a forgotten hair roller at the top of her head, remembering that her dress still needed to be ironed. No, when you arrived at 8 o'clock, you were greeted at the door by that same woman, neatly dressed, beautifully composed, with the table and the yard perfectly set up, and Chet Baker crooning in the background. But don't be fooled. Throughout the day of preparation, she's been three or four different kinds of messes. The nice thing for her, and for you, is that because of her hard work throughout the day, when she opens the door, you don't see all of that. Of course, it takes more than a day to bring most writing projects from humble beginnings to polished completion, but a similar trajectory lies behind any completed piece of writing that you read, regardless of how flawless and brilliant it ultimately appears. At the start of the process, it likely looked just as messed up as your writing is early on. That's okay. Don't assume that you're a bad writer because your process is slow or messy or fraught with uncertainty. That's why writing is a process. Don't second-guess yourself because things are unclear at the start. A well-executed piece of finished writing doesn't just appear. It's crafted. Clearing it up, ordering it, making it effortless to read and joyous to behold comes later in the process. You should routinely remind yourself of this when reading published writing. Imagine the writer in the throes of his or her process, confused about the next step, frustrated with the structure, making mistakes, but also making discoveries. Picture the page with scribbles in the margins, passages crossed out with editors' comments and reviewers' criticisms. Picture a book you admire as a chaotic stack of marked-up pages with smears and coffee rings. More than likely, that's exactly what the writing looked like at every stage before the very last version. This is not to make you feel nervous about the writing process. It's to liberate you from the idea that writing you start out with need look anything like what you end up producing. In short, when you're preparing for your own soiree, you could wear your cocktail attire to pull weeds, but why would you? And why should you muck up your dress shoes to clear a flower bed? None of your guests will see you in your ratty jeans and sweaty t-shirt, so there's no shame in dressing the part to get the work done. So just get up early and get to work and remind yourself that things don't need to fully come together until you open that door. Well, that's today's episode. If this mistake applies to you, try out this fix and let me know how things work. Remember, all of the fixes I offer are meant to be flexible interventions. There may be ways you apply my suggestions that look different from what I've described, but that work for you. In that case, It's always terrific to hear the ways you adapt a fix that makes it a more meaningful match for your particular writing routine. Also, I'd love to get you involved in the podcast. Let me know if you have a story or a solution you'd like to share for an upcoming episode. I might even invite you to be a guest on the show. What's our next mistake? Overestimating how much writing you can get done. If you'd like to chime in, drop me an email. 
You can even include a short voice memo if you prefer. You can reach me through the contact link on my webpage, 100writingmistakes.org. If you found this episode helpful, spread the news about the podcast to colleagues and friends you think might benefit, because faculty are the most underserved writers on any college campus. And I want to change that.